0: Hey, welcome to Athlete on Fire. I'm Scott Jones, your host, and today we are joined with another runner. We have lots of runners on the show. It's always kind of fun to, to catch up with these guys and gals, and uh, we'll get to it in a second. I uh, just heard a second ago why she kept the name that she did, and you'll find out soon enough. So that's uh, neither here nor there. If you guys are here for the first time, Athlete on Fire is all about bridging the gap between amazing athletes. And everyone else, and today we'll do that. You can check out more at athleteonfire.com. If you like what you're hearing, we have tons of other contributors to the network. Um, be sure to check out some of their shows. I know Tyron Kent Hume, who just recently uh, paddled the whole Amazon, all 6,500 kilometers of it, is getting ready for another adventure, so he's sharing a lot of his, his uh, adventures with us on the show. Jim Harshaw out of Virginia, who was a former All-American wrestler, has one of his... Shows releasing soon as well, and uh, there's about eight or nine contributors. Uh, just like to mention a couple of them here and there. Uh, if you like it, Athlete on Fire on your Android or iOS. Boom, housekeeping is over. We're ready for our guest, Tina. Picou- I mean, I'm sorry. It's Tina Muir.
1: <laughs> Did you do that on purpose? <laughs> it
0: was on purpose. She- <laughs> so Tina told me her uh, her uh, husband's last name and why she kept hers, and it's just fun. It's a funny story. You guys can you can. You can email her if you want to know the story. I'm not going to share it right now. But his last name sounds to be – it's an Italian name, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. It's a fun Italian name. And if you're a woman, there's a good reason why you would not want to take that as your last name. <laughs> so Tina is a runner, and uh, she's, she's coming – well, she, you can, you'll can you hear, obviously, she's not from Kentucky. But uh, she lives in Kentucky now, and uh, she has, uh, she hosts the podcast over at Runners Connect – you can find out more about her also at Tina Muir, dot She's got a really nice website, um, really cool stuff over there. So that's all, all of her housekeeping. So if you want to reach out and learn more about her, there you go. Uh, runners Connect is a great network of uh, – or just a great just a great platform for runners in general to find uh, t- resources from, from podcasts, video, audio, written, everything. There's coaching and all that good stuff too. Um, so there's that. And I don't even know how we met. I think the internet – Introduced us um, via email or Twitter. I can't, I never ever remember how to meet people in this world. But Tina, thanks a lot for coming on. We're going to get into your story, um, and just kind of learn about your, your journey and, and, and what's up. So, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Yeah. Thank you for uh, having me on. Although I'm a little bit offended that you don't remember how we met because apparently I didn't make that much of an impact. So, <laughs> You know, it, maybe, it was, maybe I'm not that impressive, actually.
0: It was, it was, it was email, but, you know... It was what? email. It, I, was,
1: it was email. You featured one of Runners Connect's articles, so I reached out to you. I think that was what it was. Cool. Although now I'm doubting myself. I know, right? See? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's just
0: like... It's this blur, like... Like Thursdays. Today's a Thursday out here in Colorado, mm-hmm. and I sit in front... So I still work with athletes. I work with clients in the morning on Thursdays. And I sit on the computer... Uh, from like nine thirty until five thirty. It's the only day in my house where, that my kid—I have a five and two-year-old. It's the only day they're not mm-hmm. here, so uh, I'm like, freedom and silence is really good for podcasting. Uh, so yeah, you know, by the end of the day, you know, I could be walking around. I don't know if I'm in virtual world or if I'm actually running out on the trails around town. I have no idea what's going on. So I'm sure you can relate. Yes. Um, and <laughs> and running is a, the topic of today. Will probably be a lot of running, and uh, it's such a good topic for for balancing you know all this online stuff that's that's so prevalent in our lives now whether you're an elite or just somebody who's figuring out this this uh this awesome sport um it's just really important so so okay let's get into you a little bit i i was telling you before we got on i, I like to treat these little these interviews like we just uh met at a coffee shop overheard something that that we're interested about and start talking for for 30 40 minutes so um tell me a little bit about yourself like what where did you grow up where are you from
1: Okay, well, if people manage to get it from that first few words I said, then I'm happy to hear that, because most of the time, I'm assuming most of your listeners are American, and most of the time I get asked if I'm Australian, which I always thought was a bit weird, but actually I've been told that it's because I have a British accent, but because of some of the words I say are American, that's why it ends up Australian. But no, I'm from uh, St. Albans in England, I lived there till I was 18, uh, and then I came over to the US for uh college um actually for my running um and then I enjoyed it loved being here kind of wanted to stay uh did my master's and then um I moved in with my now husband um that wasn't why I moved in with him by the way just (laughs) (laughs) he wasn't my green card um but uh yeah so we're now married and uh yeah so now I live in Kentucky I've been here 10 years I think now um so yeah, it's uh it's gone by fast but um every place that I've lived in the US has brought something new and exciting so nice.
0: it's been good. What's Saint Al- Albans specifically and what it's what's it like?
1: Well, you're probably thinking of Saint Albans, West Virginia, right? Uh, you know where that is? <laughs> yeah, I drive past it all the time and I think, "What?" what? <laughs> yeah. Well, I I wonder where they they got their name from my town clearly um but yeah so st albans my st albans is um yeah a town just 20 miles north of london so uh I, my, if anyone asks me who's from the u.s i usually just say london because it's pretty much in it but it's uh, technically outside cool so, yeah.
0: well when did you start running
1: i started running at 14 and i've told this story a few times um because people always find it funny but um actually i didn 't like running at first, um to the point where when there was tryouts for the cross country team, I hid in the bathroom because i didn't want to run uh, I had no interest in it um but as you know often is the case you uh re- when you realize you 're good at something, you start to enjoy it and then so uh, at about age fourteen, that was where I kind of made my way to the top of the front uh, the top of the class and then realized I actually kind of enjoyed it a little bit so um yeah it was 14 years old I really started taking it seriously about 17 18 went through a little dip around 19 where I went the route that I'd say many teenagers do of uh going out a little bit too much but then I uh, reeled it back in when I got back over here for college so um yeah so it's been pretty serious since then
0: all right where did you go to school where did you go to college in the States?
1: I went to school at a university called Ferris State in Michigan. Um I'm not sure many people would have heard of it. It's uh not in the upper peninsula, but it is in the northern part of um the lower peninsula of Michigan. So
0: like is that like Mackinac area?
1: Uh no, it's about two hours south of Mackinac. It's okay. about an hour away from Grand Rapids, if people know where that is. Oh yeah. So and then uh and then I did also go to Philadelphia for my master's degree at La Salle University, so I went to school there as well. Oh, cool! So.
0: What did you study at La That's kind of interesting.
1: I did a master's in business um, after my degree. I wanted to um, my after my bachelor's degree, I wanted to kind of get into coaching a little bit, and uh, they had a graduate assistant uh, program there, so I went over there to be an assistant coach and yeah, do a master's of business. As my uh, bachelor's degree was basically a version of sport management, and I kind of felt like that wasn't really academic enough for kind of the direction I wanted to go. So wanted something a bit more serious.
0: <laughs> oh, nice. Alright, so what is uh tell us about yourself as a runner. Like um what's your distance, tell us you know, like some PRs, you know, just the mm-hmm. stuff that people love hearing.
1: Yeah. Although I was just thinking, you you know, you said we're like in a coffee shop, although I feel like if we were in a coffee shop this would be such a I'd be such a selfish person cuz I'd never ask you. I feel like I want to ask you about yourself. <laughs> yeah, everyone know. obviously knows that already. Um yes. <laughs> so um I would say I'm a marathoner. Overall, um I uh technically that's probably the event I would say I train for. Uh my best race I would say has been so far the half marathon. Uh so that is my favorite distance right now, but marathoner is what I would class myself as. I've run uh, two thirty seven in the marathon, uh one thirteen in the half marathon, uh thirty three twenty four in the ten K and sixteen oh eight in the five K. So uh I've done a big range of things all the way from eight hundred up to marathon. Um but I am training for California International Marathon in December, which is the the big goal for the year. So Nice.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I, I told you before, I played college baseball. Yeah. And, uh And I, I would never say that I hated running ever. Uh, I would say that I didn't understand endurance mm-hmm. for a long time. I played baseball, basketball, football growing up. So it's like, chase a ball, do it as fast as you can. And it probably wasn't until I was 20 until I knew I, I was decent at it. I've never done anything competitive even to, to date. But. Um, to tell you some more about myself, you know, I have my master's in exercise science, and I worked with lots of runners in my undergrad, and, and when I came out to um, to Colorado, before I came here, I was probably working with like 70% power athletes, you know, football-type type athletes, mm-hmm. um, and jolie athletes, and then when I came out here, it flipped. I started working with probably 80% endurance, because Colorado is mm-hmm. just an endurance Oh, home. yeah. Oh, and yeah. just testing tons of uh, uh, VO2s and tons of performance for runners, a lot of biomechanics is an expertise so to speak but I, I always think it's funny like you ask most runners that that race a lot like their prs and they tell you like, you know like you know them by heart to the second <laughs> you know but yeah. like if anybody asked me um what my stats were my senior year in, in college I, I don't remember i remember i hit really? over, i hit over 4 some people do know exactly <laughs> i just think like different sports are so interesting and one thing yeah. about the one thing about running that's so interesting and i love because it's a lifetime sport is that you always have yourself before anyone else to compare yourself to, yeah, um, and that concept is really powerful and i and you work and you talk with and inspire a lot of runners what are some what are some themes with everyday runners uh that you see when it comes to keeping track of of uh your runs like is do, do you find it to be a healthy habit for people? do you find it to be an obsessive habit for people like what's your take on that you know?
1: Um, well, firstly before I go into that, I'd kinda like to say to people listening who are recreational runners that like I try and get this across a lot in my blog, but um like recreational runners and elite runners or any runner, we're not as different as people think. Like people think that elites kinda like prance along thinking, Oh, this is so fun but actually the majority of my runs I struggle my way through. I feel tired, I just don't enjoy it. Like that just it's the nature of the game you know of course when I finish I have the endorphin rush and I think that was great and obviously I enjoy parts of it but we're not as different as people think we are um and so in answer to your question um I when you I see I see yes I see a lot of obsession I see a lot of stats and different levels of it but it's not so much elites and recreational it's just different people. Um, but yeah, to be honest, I do think there's a little bit too much of an obsession with it. And and I've been there. I think everyone who gets a new GPS watch for the first time goes through what I call the Garmin obsession for a while. Uh, you know, looking down every time it beeps and, you know, having to stare at it all the time. But um, what I've really found is that you actually end up running better when you don't look. So I've taken it off. So I all i can see on there is the distance and the overall time no beeping nothing and i try not to look at it as much as possible because i feel like you run so much better and people tend to pr when they don't look and actually i try and convince people to try it once and anyone listening try it once try racing once without looking at your watch and just see what happens and almost every time it works um so I do see a lot of that. I think it's good to be able to look over your training and it helps build confidence and it helps, you know, it helps keep accountability knowing that you're going to upload it. And I'm not going to lie, when I'm in a in a run or even in a race sometimes I'll be thinking Hmm, I wonder what I'm going to put my Instagram picture as. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to lie, I do it too. But um, it's, uh, I think it's definitely something that we need to be careful of. Um, and remember that running is the part of the beauty of it is the simplicity of it. And just the enjoyment for being out there and sorting through your thoughts. And if you kind of are just obsessing with it, kind of, um, looking at a number, and then it tells you you've run too fast, so you slow down. But now you've run too slow, so now you speed up, and you just bounce around rather than actually just feeling your way through, which is what one of the best things about running, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, we—I knew this would happen. You you talk to a runner, and then you just geek out and start diving into all of this technical <laughs> stuff. But we're going to do it anyway because I think people want to know. Um, you know, the the idea of being being able to run by feel is. It's huge. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you, your fitness is really not going to serve you unless you really figure out how to run by fuel because otherwise you're using, you're using your, your feedback from, from your garment or whatever you're using, your heart rate um, 24-7 and you never develop that skill so that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, B, it's technology, like the stuff can, the stuff can fail on you. And if you're only relying on that, you're going to flip out when you're on a, on a big race. And the second, like how important, uh, and this, you can answer this. Uh, I talk about it a lot on the show, just being present in your runs. How important is it from a performance standpoint and from the psychological standpoint, like to actually get the benefit of running? How important is that to you? And what do you think about that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I think, um, a lot of the benefit comes from you know, being in that moment and kind of taking on the challenge of like, I'm not feeling good, you know, this is really hard. I don't want to do this. Like, you know, I'm struggling. Why do I put myself through this? All of those thoughts that we all have, but it's working your way through those and when you get out the other side knowing that you just you embraced it and you made it, you you feel so proud of yourself for getting through that moment and so I think a lot of that is kind of almost taken away because I don't know about you or anyone listening but I tend to find if I look down at my watch um, and I'm you know let's say a quarter of the way through a race and I see the time and it's way too fast or faster than I think I'm capable of I think oh I'm gonna hit a wall it's coming it's coming and then you kind of almost expect it to go wrong and then when you get any little like any little thing go wrong you're like well here it goes and then you just <laughs> spiral out of control whereas if you hadn't looked you might have been able to hold that the whole time without knowing or the other way if you look down and you see it like it's too slow you think what is wrong with me why is this so hard I, this shouldn't be this hard at this pace so I, I think yeah you really to tune into to your, that intuition like you mentioned and then Um, It really helps you to race to your potential and embrace those ups and downs based on what your body is telling you and the actual struggles that your body is going through that you overcame. You didn't force your way through it because of a pace – because a pace told you to. Yeah.
0: That's that's awesome. And and I always want to give examples. I always want to have a story to kind of accompany a concept. So. Mm -hmm. Do you, If you can, if you can think of an extreme situation where you, like, kind of overcame, like, that moment and you felt really, really good afterwards, do you have an example?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have those, yeah, quite a lot where I really – and, P, again, people don't think that we struggle, but we really do. Like, I I've had plenty of thoughts in every single race, every <laughs> single race, I consider dropping out you know, oh, maybe if I limp a minute, then, you know, people won't, people will think I've got something wrong with my hamstrings. So, you know, maybe I'll have an excuse. I I have that thought every time. So every time I go through that, but one that kind of sticks out in my mind in particular is um, for this year's uh, London Marathon, I remember being about 10 miles in and thinking like, oh, this is this is really, this is really not good. Like, I don't feel, I I can't believe I've got 16 miles to go. This is, how's this going to work? And I remember thinking like, it's okay. You know, what we agreed, which what I'd been working on was being kind to myself. Like, you're fine. You'll be good. Just relax. This is just a rough patch. You knew there were going to be rough patches. And I talked my way through it and then I felt better. And then, um, I ended up running a huge PR. So had I listened to that thought and kind of given up right there and then I would have never, never run that. So I think every, every race is going to have ups and downs. Um, and it's just how you, how you help yourself to get through those moments. And the more struggles you go through in a race, the better it feels when you finish and you yeah. know, you've accomplished it.
0: Well, and just, I mean, just mindset from a, from a basic standpoint, like, being mm-hmm. able to take negative, st- negative stimulus in any sport. I mean, we can talk mm-hmm. to any athlete, uh, whether it's during a workout or a competition, and and practicing your reaction to a certain stimulus. Yeah. And that yeah. takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of practice to know that you're going through a little rough spot and you're going to come out on the other side. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Mm-hmm. It's And it's funny, too. <laughs> so she, So if you guys, if you've ever run a marathon, um, <laughs> you know, most people aren't, aren't going to equate that with being kind to themselves. So there is a little juxtaposition there.
1: Yeah, that actually, that's true. I'd never thought of it that way. I'm gonna, <laughs> you know, I'm
0: going to be kind to myself tomorrow and run as fast as I can uh, for 26 miles. Just see what happens. It's all good. Beat
1: myself up so bad I can barely walk the next day, but you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, I love myself. It's awesome. All right, so th- we run into... To people all the time, I do. I mean, everybody does. You run. You run to people who hate running, or they think they hate running, or they've. Mm-hmm. When you hear that, usually it's like they just haven't had the experience yet, you know. Um, so let's brainstorm a little bit, Tina. Okay. All right. So this is for anybody who who likes running and they want other people to like running. Uh, <laughs> fill in the blank. It could be something else. And we'll go back and forth. So what? It, until we run out of ideas, what are some things uh, that we could do? to change people's mind. I'm going to go first. All right? Okay. okay. All right, the first thing I do, because it worked for me, was get them on trails. Uh, and the reason mm-hmm. is, A, it, it's easier on your body in a lot of ways. Uh, now, if you bust your face every five minutes, then it's not, it's not <laughs> easy on your body. But from, a, running, from a, a redundancy standpoint, it is easier on your body um, compared to the pounding of cement. Like, I live in Colorado. Within three miles of my house is beautiful single track, amazing views, everything. And I still... I'll see people running in the neighborhoods. I'm like, what are you... You're running yeah. on a sidewalk, dude. You probably hate this. Um, so well, yeah, People to, that
1: drive to a track. That that I just have never understood.
0: Oh, that's... Cr- yeah. I mean... And granted, lucky, I'm lucky <laughs> I mean, here.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, to walk around a track. Sorry. Not to run around a track. I yeah. mean, like, drive to walk around a track.
0: Yeah. When you could go see, <laughs> see stuff. Yeah. So, what would be... Uh, what would be yours for people who are what, what would you say?
1: Um, I would say to use the run-walk method. Um, oh, so, like, rather than saying, oh, I'm going to run for half an hour, which is way too much when you've never run before, break it up into manageable chunks that you can walk in between so it's not so scary.
0: I love that. And uh, we've had Jeff... I'm sure you guys have had Jeff Galloway on the show, and mm-hmm. he, that's his big thing. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's pretty intuitive. And I think the biggest thing uh, with clients that I've had is that they had this idea that when you start running, you're not allowed to stop mm, and mm-hmm. people, people without the fitness are like literally trying to kill themselves to get a couple miles in, you know? Yeah. know? Yeah, and, yeah. and how you said like elites feel the same, same stuff. Yeah. If I go out, even as a non-elite, if I go out and, and have six miles that I want to run on a day and I just feel like crap, my head's not there or whatever, I'll walk until I start feeling the juice again and then, mm-hmm. and then get going. Yeah. Uh, um, I would say from a mental standpoint, uh, just don't have any plans when you go out and run. You know, uh, I think people over plan their mileage when they get started. They want to get mm-hmm. like a 5k. They want to get, just go out and go by feel or, or run by time instead of trying to run five miles, go out for 10 minutes and come back, you know, stuff, <laughs> little tricks like that really help. Um, yep. what, what else from a mental standpoint for people who hate running?
1: Um, Well, I don't know if this would be one, I guess this is more of a motivation thing, but I would say to get that friend or family member to go watch a race, Uh, particularly a marathon is a good one to go stand near the end to kind of just see people struggling, but seeing that like joy and what they're getting out of it. So I found that's a very good way. I don't know if that is a mental, I can give you a different one if you want, but I know that's really good for motivating people to kind of spin their perspective on on running and uh you know what it, that it's not just misery but it it's a struggle but then there's good sides of it and they'll really see how how many people are cheering and it'll just spin their perspective
0: yeah i, I think volunteering for events is good yeah. you know i i never want to run as much as when i'm out volunteering or being a part of a me and my wife are race directors out here mm. so we kind of have that motive that inspiration built into our to our lives we're gonna see people enjoying themselves and pushing themselves and doing stuff uh you know, go go to like an Ironman or or a marathon for yeah. the for the last you know half hour and watch the people that are coming through and and mm-hmm. uh, there's just so much accomplishment, senses of accomplishment. Uh, I guess the point really is there's there's tons of ways that you can get into this sport, into this activity, without hating it, without doing it like you did when you were in in middle school being punished. yeah. Being yeah. to run you know it's kind of crazy.
1: although one thing i will say um that i'm i've made this mistake trying to get my sister to run um and she did she does run but um kind of on her own terms i always thought it would be like well uh, like jess i'll run with you uh you know I'll, I'll i'll run your pace whatever pace but you people don't want you to run with them because they feel like they're holding you back and like you, you want to help them and you want to support them and and show them that you don't care about what speed you're running. You'll run with them, but to them, it's almost like you're insulting them. So as much as you, we want to kind of encourage them and be next to them, it's better to kind of let them find their own journey than kind of say, oh, I'll do it with you. I mean, some people that may work, but in my experience, I've found that people don't, um, and not just from me, but other people I've spoken to, they're, significant others or whatever who, if they're not runners they don't want that person with them because they just feel like they're holding them back
0: yeah yeah i've I've had the experience too no matter what you say to let people know you really don't care it's you you can't flip the script until there's some confidence there because i yep. mean it is a sport i mean you do have to build on on top of uh your fitness on top of your experience to to get to a point where you enjoy it yeah you know i'm, I'm kind of happy to hear that that you you elites don't just feel like you're eating a bowl of ice cream during marathons. It's kind of nice oh, that you actually. Oh no, uh-uh.
1: no. <laughs> if you just need to look up my race photos, and you'll see that's not the case with me. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't make it look easy.
0: <laughs> it's funny. It's funny because uh, one of my professors in in, uh, in grad school, he he was trying to explain the concept of VO two max, kind of abstractly. So he had a picture of. Um, one of the college kids at Marshall where I went to school crossing the finish line during the, the five K or the six K, whatever they did in college. And, uh, like right when they cross, like, you know, the face, like, Oh yeah, the the pain and like the total exhaustion immersion into the, to the effort. And, uh, yeah, that does not make it look fun or easy, but <laughs> yeah. it can be. We promise. Okay. All right, so we've talked a lot about like the mental, like and, and the motivation behind running and and stuff like that. Uh, we're gonna switch. I want to talk about your training specifically here in the second half. But before we do that, I always like to have our guests give our listeners something tactile, something real they can go do and try. It can be a workout. It can be a challenge. It's got the more specific the better um, I want people to be able to write it down and go go try it out here today okay. tomorrow some sometime soon what do you got
1: can I, can I have two one of each
0: I guess so I guess so
1: <laughs> okay so the, the the physical one I will say um, is a workout that my husband who's also my coach gives and I think it is amazing it's terrifying to anyone who hasn't tried it but I promise you it is not as scary as you think and it is a really effective workout and that is to go to a track and to do um, 12 to 16 400s with one and a half minutes rest. And you want to run that at a pace that feels somewhat comfortable. So you want to kind of do it at what I would say is about your 10k to half marathon pace. And you want to do, just have one and a half minute rest between and just, just try it. Because you'll feel tired after three or four, but you'll feel the same amount of tired after... 10, 11 that yeah. you do after three and four. And it's such a good feeling when you finish it. Cause you just feel like a beast. So yeah. I would say to do that and give that one a try. Okay, and then well, in my- really quick
0: on that Ooh, one, just yeah. really quick. So, so for people who don't know their, their 10 K or half half pace, um, mm-hmm. let's just use like RP, like between one and 10, 10 is the hardest effort they could give. One is the easiest.
1: Um, I would say like a, if, if 10 is a race pace, I would say it should be like a six, or a 7. Okay, cool. And then if you can go higher towards the end, if you can get faster, then try. But right. don't obviously do it early. So.
0: Should they should they drive to the track or walk? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right,
0: yeah. what's the second part of that one? Uh,
1: the, the second part is, like I mentioned earlier, to do a race without looking at your watch. Turn, turn everything off. You can start and stop it. Just don't look at it the whole time. And just try, tell, let your body tell you what speed it wants to run.
0: Nice. I like that. So so simple, but for people who never take off their electronics, Mm -hmm. it's really good. Okay. So, um, I'm not gonna go through your whole life training. Let's, (laughs) Let's just talk about right now. Like, do you have an a race right now? Um, what is your training like? Uh, we won't go into too much of the dynamic of, of, uh, if your marriage is going to succeed with your husband as your coach or not, (laughs) we'll we'll say that for a later date. Uh, (laughs) but just like some general philosophies, um, how you, how you kind of microcycle with, with such a big, such big goals and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, you
1: know? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's funny you mentioned the coaching because every single time I talk to anyone, they, they can't believe it works, but it, it does um and actually i just i just had my husband in uh on my podcast it doesn't doesn't come live yet on the runners connect podcast it does on the um 14th of uh september so i don't know when this goes live but um yeah so if anyone wants to hear the full story behind that you can hear that um but yeah so we our goal race now is california international marathon on the 4th of december um this year has actually been a really big year for me i've had um I had an A race in uh, April, which was the London Marathon. Um, uh, four weeks before that, I ran in the World Half Marathon Championships, which was my first Great Britain jersey, and that was huge for me. And then I'd just taken my time off. I got another call for running in the European Championships for Great Britain. So I've had – essentially, we'll have four big races this year, which is kind of rare because usually we would pick maybe two big races. Um, but this year is a bit different in the way that we've approached it. So, um, yeah, we do do cycles. Um, we, I just took a week off running, completely off running, no running, nothing, uh, and I did take two weeks off in eight, after the London Marathon, which I think is firstly is a big thing I want to mention because people often think they don't need to take time off, but it's so important. Honestly, I think more mentally than physically. So I always start with a, a week or two off running, and every kind of activity. Um, so I just did that and now, so I'm going to do base building and then we will start doing marathon workouts, long runs. Um, our philosophy is to, that the, the most important thing is to get to the start line healthy. So we kind of err on the conservative side of things. I do a lot of cross training. I'm a huge believer in strength training. Uh, I do weightlifting with my coach, Drew Watts. I have a strength training coach and, for anyone listening uh i know you must be a fan of it because with yeah. baseball and drew was a baseball guy too um that has kept me healthy like it really has prevented so many injuries so i would say that's a huge part of why i've been able to keep training and doing well but um yeah we tend to do like three to four weeks of going up and then one week of a down coming down you know um Twenty-five percent or something. Um, long runs are obviously the staple of a marathon training cycle, and I only have one workout a week because marathon training itself is just kind of hard on the body.
0: Yeah, no, it's And if you guys can picture a graph, um, this is this is this is the science behind training for for a races that are you know six months. Just to go back, like most. Most runners who are training for the marathon distance don 't have don 't typically schedule more than two a races in in a mm-hmm. year and, mm-hmm. and the reason is the the base building um, the peaking you know the nervous system that needs to be trained at a high level for you know four to six weeks before your big mm-hmm. events like those need time to cool down from they need time to be recovered from. So having like these two a races, so when we're talking about these microcycles going up, like if you imagine going up a mountain and then just going back down, you know, just going up a thousand foot mountain, come back down 800, but then you can go up a thousand again and back down 200. Mm-hmm. And then eventually like even those valleys are higher than your previous, your, your previous peaks. And that's how you get, uh, to a really high level, ideally without injury. Um, mm-hmm. that's why you taper off every, every fourth week. Uh, and it keeps you fresh mentally. And, um, and, and driven, and and that that format has worked for a long time. I mean, that's that format's been around for for decades. Um, the science has changed. You know, the science of of the nutrition and and some of the recovery methods has changed, but that has not changed over mm-hmm. over a long time. Um, so so when we are talking about that that kind of model, what uh, what kind of mileage? Do you guys go by mileage? Do you guys yeah. go by? Okay, so what are like what are your what's a typical month look like just really quick
1: um so for me i mean it is it's increased by about five miles a week each each time i've done a marathon but so this time we typically will see i the highest i will get to is probably 95 miles a week which sounds like a lot but um when you consider i've been running since 14 i'm 28 now i've it's it's come up it's going gone gradually rather than jump it seems like a lot but over time it's only been about five miles a year um more and uh so sorry five miles per week each year um and so yeah i'll top out at about 95 um we i think this week is my first week and it's maybe 40 uh so we will keep increasing by five each week and then yeah come down after the fourth week uh down by 10 miles and uh yeah, so I would say the peak week, the peak month of probably November will be or middle of October uh, middle to middle of November will be maybe um, 85, 90, 95, uh, 85, 90, ni- so kind of exactly what you were saying with yeah. going up a little bit, then come down a tiny bit, go back up and you work your way up that way, so.
0: Does um, that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, no, it does. It does. And do you have? Uh, does every run have a purpose in your training yes, plan? absolutely.
1: Okay. And that's. Yeah, I was just thinking a minute ago that I hadn't mentioned that, but that's the other thing I think people don't realise with elite running or any running is I mentioned I have one workout a week, one long run. The other runs are so easy that I could have a full conversation. I can breathe out on my nose the whole time. Uh, if you use heart rate, I can keep my heart rate low. Um, I like most people don't realise that. Okay, my marathon pace is about about six six minutes a mile. My recovery run pace is about nine minutes a mile, eight to nine minutes a mile. So that's a significant. Difference. Whereas most people think, okay, my marathon pace is ten minutes a mile, or my race pace is ten minutes a mile, I'm gonna run ten thirty a mile because that's slow. But it has to be that much slower. So yeah, every run has a purpose, but the purpose of those easy runs is almost more important for recovery than the purpose of the workouts. Yeah. Uh
0: it's it's not even cliche, but it's so well known for any coach just Understanding that people are going out too hard on, on easy days and too easy on mm-hmm. hard days, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think you can say it enough like if mm-hmm. I interviewed you every day I don't think I could because <laughs> even probably even you like it's it's so tempting to get into yeah. that, that middle ground where you feel the most endorphins and, yeah, and get yeah, the yeah. most out of it, um, but it's so important to slow down a bit for from yeah. an injury standpoint and just for, from a base building standpoint it's, it's huge. Um, okay, so let's talk about strength a little bit what What are some things that you do not skip out on? On on a weekly basis,
1: like with the um, like strength training, or you mean yeah, like your strength, your prevention stuff like that. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, so well, I do have a massage once a week. Um, you know, I just feel like that's worthwhile getting um, because it keeps your muscles nice and loose, and for me, that's a worthwhile investment in money. Um, I like I said, I do see my strength coach twice a week. Um, we do one workout that is a little bit more um, kind of focused on power and doing, you know, f- uh, few repeats but doing heavy weights. And the other day is a bit more on, like, stability and core and things like that. So I, if I miss more than a week of that, I start getting nervous because I just feel like that is so critical to keeping me healthy. I do also cross-train. Um, I do. I have an elliptical. I don't know if you've seen those, oh, those before. Do you have one of those? Yeah, I have an elliptical. <laughs> I did that this morning, so um, I look to go once, two times a week. Um, foam rolling. I actually use a PVC pipe because I find the foam roller isn't hard it's enough awesome. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds really. It sounds like I'm like oh, I'm too tough to you're use. PVC. Being,
0: you're being kind to yourself. Yeah. once again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah let's give myself some bruises um but yeah so um that's very important and then obviously nutrition so so important i've made big changes to my diet this year and i can't even describe how much better i feel having made those changes so um making sure i look after my body by every week preparing food ahead of time spending some hours on a sunday getting food, good healthy food ready for the week so that i can eat that all week long so um, I think those are the major things I make time for um, when it comes to that. Yeah.
0: So do you f- do you feel good on a day to day basis typically?
1: No. <laughs> <You don't? laughs> to be totally honest, no. Most. Of, I mean, in in my energy in in general, I do. Yeah. But I'd say most of my runs in in training, most of my runs are hard because I am able to do what you said, where you make those easy days easy, easy the hard days hard. So those hard days are so hard that I end up spending the next two to three days feeling horrible because I ran hard Um, (laughs) and I'm going slow, but it's still, it's still not comfortable. So I'd say, you know, obviously a lot of those, a lot of my week is spent actually um, uncomfortable or tired or whatever, but that's kind of what training is. It's that grind so that when you take that away in the taper, you you feel better, or when you get to the race, you feel better because you've, or you not, you feel better. It's going to hurt either way, but you know what's coming because you've done it in training.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, the 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 concept. Uh, this is another one of those the things, but the, the stress and the rest equals adaptation, and and your body's not going to change without load, whether it's yeah. at the cellular level or or muscular level, whatever it might be. Um, mm-hmm. but I love that you I love that you 're being honest about it because
1: I, I I know when people say they don't like I, and that really annoys me when people say they feel good I yeah. like being yeah
0: and maybe you know maybe they do generally or maybe they compartmentalize you know like yeah. I think a yeah, lot yeah. of runners do that um because it 's really hard a lot of the runs in Colorado like in the front range here, if I go mm-hmm. on a ten mile run in the front range, the first five miles i 'm climbing probably twenty five hundred feet no matter where I yeah. go oh but the last five I'm bombing and and so then when I'm, (laughs) when I'm done, I've forgotten the first hour of my run, you know? So it's just, uh, it's interesting. No, Um, you're
1: exactly right. There's always, there's always going to be good and bad and in any run in any situation, but I just want people to not feel so alone. Like, especially like you mentioned the new runners and they think, Oh, well everyone makes it look so easy, but it's not, it doesn't get any easier. And I want people to see that, that, It doesn't get easier when you get higher up. It still hurts just as much. You're still just as tired, but you just kind of, you see that the rewards are worth it and you live for those good moments where you do, you are kind of like cruising along and you feel good.
0: Yeah. All right, some quick hitters. You ready for some quick hitters? Mm -hmm. I'll try. Uh, if, If you're going to invite me and my wife over and you want to impress us, what would you make us? What can you cook that you would make us?
1: My first thought, which I don't know why, was butternut squash lasagna. Ooh. Is that is That,
0: is, I, that is one
1: of my specialties, I'd say, yeah. But that wouldn't have been what I'd ex- said if you'd have given me some more time to think about that. <laughs> but apparently that's what I would make you. That's how, that's <laughs> how we,
0: see, we seem like butternut squash people. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, do you drink alcohol?
1: Uh, nah, not really. No. I might have like a glass or two of wine a week. Maybe a small glass, but no, not really.
0: Is that a is that a personal decision or is that a, a training decision?
1: Let's just say I've been there, done that, and burned myself out on it during my teenage years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is so. an overuse in the early days decision. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: All right, that's cool. Uh, what about your husband? Does he have Does he drink or have beer here? Uh, no,
1: not really. No. He likes the uh, not your father's root beer. If that gives you any indication of.
0: <laughs> i've had that before that's so strong um i'm actually doing uh i'm doing a you should look these guys up they're really interesting he's he's a he's a former uh actually out of london one year mm. no beer uh, oh
1: i have heard of them yeah yeah
0: they're great and i had him on the show about a month ago and i was like you know what i'm gonna do one of your challenges so I did, i'm doing a 90 day alcohol free oh, challenge and um that's easy it's a so sweet. Mm-hmm. So if you told me not
1: oh me too trust me <laughs>
0: so that was the next question uh, salty or sweet what would you crave more
1: Um, if I tell you I could eat a tub of frosting in one go does that give you your answer
0: that makes me uh, vomit (laughs) a little bit (laughs) feel (laughs) sick just just being kind to yourself
1: (laughs) (laughs) making me feel uh, I get heartburn when I eat too much like in the middle of the night so I know when I've ever done it (laughs) alright
0: so uh, more wait is it head State Mm -hmm. is where you guys are okay what what town is that? Is it Morehead? Is it uh,
1: Well, Morehead is where the university is. We live about fifty minutes out in Lexington.
0: Oh, you live in Lexington? Okay. There used is there a HIT
1: center there still? A what center?
0: H I T HIT center.
1: Uh, I don't know what that is. So no. It's a training. It it's might a, be. It's a
0: training facility <laughs> that I actually my professor founded in, at Marshall, and the first oh. one of the franchises was there a while back. I don't know. Really Maybe. good, really good training facility, but uh. Okay, so you live in Lexington um oh, I had a question for you, Frozen Scott Jones right now. Oh, at least we have the title for the show though be kind to yourself, run <laughs> run hard, bruise yourself, eat sweet. um I always have the hardest time with the titles uh okay, if you were going to play, if you if you were going to be good at a different sport besides running, what would it be, and why
1: um I would say horse riding actually, and that's not just because I live in Lexington. <laughs> that that was the thing I had to give up um, to like I couldn't. I used to horse ride and I couldn't do both running and that, so I gave it up. But I loved it, so I would probably say that. Nice because I miss it.
0: I used to train an equestrian team here in Colorado. It's interesting. Oh. Like there's different. Yeah. Like it's it's fun. Uh, what do you miss most about London or St Albans?
1: uh well obviously other than my family um <laughs> i that would be my number one but honestly the weird one i give people is uh curry i love indian curry mm. and it, i just don't feel like it's the same over here
0: no it's not oh, i love curry oh sorry <laughs> i just went back to thailand for a minute um uh what is your favorite thing about where you live now
1: mm um can I say the green, how green it is here? Because of all the horses, the, the, there's loads of green fields and pastures and stuff. So I,
0: I drive through Lexington at least four times. I, I usually go back to West Virginia a couple times a year, so I drive through at least oh. a couple times a year. Uh, yeah. and it is, it's Stop just,
1: buying any next time.
0: I would See, now I have another contact. Mm. That's, that's the Although,
1: one. I should have said the Jif factory. That's here as well.
0: What is it? The peanut
1: butter? Yeah. The what? smell of it. Oh can't even describe how good that smells but but no (laughs) we're gonna stick with the green
0: (laughs) oh that's awesome okay those are some good quick hitters i think just to get a little bit of a feel all right let's talk a little bit about uh runners connect your Mm -hmm. online presence you know i always want people to be able to share where to be found and and what they're kind of working on so go for it promote yourself a bit
1: Okay. Well, um, yeah. So I am the community manager for Runners Connect, and as no one knows what that means, I'm basically social media manager. Uh, I manage everything uh, with our content for Runners Connect. So that's all the blog articles. I uh, host the Run to the Top podcast. I, um, you know, help get Runners Connect out there, uh, which is primarily a coaching platform um, focused on the connect part because it's all for runners to have a community. It's a big community, um, which is, I I love seeing because it really is a community. And, um, yeah, so I do that. I obviously have my running for myself, um, and I have my personal blog and I just share everything. I don't hold back on, um, being honest with things. Um, so I find that helps a lot of people because I kind of show that I'm struggling too. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't really, I don't really know what else to to say about um, Runners Connect is a great resource for runners. Um, my blog is a great place if you want to see the real deal of uh, what it's like to be an elite. And um, yeah, you can find me at any of those. Um, and it's my social media is all just my name, other than Instagram. There's an eight eight on there because someone stole my name. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, I'll be around. Is that when you're <laughs>
0: one eight eight? Yeah. I'm ten years older than you, Tina. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I think my husband is nine years older than me, so oh, I'm, not think... really... <laughs> okay. well, I'm not I'm... really. It's not really. It's not really that weird. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm used to being around uh, around people that are um, older than me.
0: Oh yeah, you almost said old people. I I know what you're doing. <laughs>
1: All right, you
0: guys. You guys are listening to and inspired by Tina Muir. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tricks every time. You guys were inspired by Tina Muir of Runners Connect and TinaMuir.com. I hope you guys learned something today. It was uh, free for all. We had fun talking about running. Uh, learn more, Athlete on Fire. We'll have all the links that we talked about. Thank on you for the show listening to Athlete on Fire. Stay, Stay thanks, fired Tina. up Thank with additional resources family. and information Boom. at AthleteOnFire.com.